we uh, been struggling this week trying to trying to uh, determine the direction. As you know, we've been in this series in the Book of Acts for some time, and and where we stopped last week and where we were to begin this week, it just didn't seem fitting for this day. I'm excited about today. Are you excited? And it's been six months since we've been in here together. It's been six months since I've been able to see faces as I preach other than Brother Marcus back in the sound booth. I had not had somebody this close to me in six months while, I'm pre- uh, while preaching. And it's exciting. I've been nervous all week. Uh, last week I did get to preach in a, in a, on an outside service. First time I'd ever done that. And I was as nervous as I could be because I could at least see faces in those vehicles. But today, it's good to see all these faces behind the masks. Uh, we're so glad God is good to us. Listen, I know it's, kind of, it's going to be hard for you to say amen uh, uh, with the mask on. I get that. If you can struggle saying it, say it. If you, can't, if you don't want to struggle saying it, just raise your hand. Give God praise. Clap if you feel like clapping. We can still worship God, can't we? Amen. Amen. Uh, So today, with the struggle for this week, we're going to turn our attention to the book of Philippians. I just want to encourage us today. I I don't want to really beat us up. I want to encourage us today that our circumstances, they reveal our true witness. Our circumstances reveal our true witness. Now, as you are thinking about those comments, uh, I'm sure uh, you're wondering how is this going to be encouraging. Just stay with me for a little while. We're going to be in chapter 1 of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. And again, we do, I do thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you for uh, having a desire to be in this place today. And I thank you for following the guidelines uh, that have been put in place for our safety. Uh, I'm going to do my best not to spit as I preach today. If I get excited, it'll be, I'll try to look that way. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, chapter 1, verses 12 through 19. You know, while, we're, while our circumstances can be a direct result of the choices we make, Often we find ourselves in the midst of circumstances that are just out of our control. Well, for instance, we're in the midst of a pandemic that we had nothing to do with forming. Say amen. Amen. We didn't have a thing to do with forming this. And if you ask me, I got my opinions just as you have your opinions. I just find it awfully hard for scientists to develop something and release something that they don't have an antidote for. I just find that hard to believe. But we're in the midst of, of this. We're in uncharted territory. We, we're in the midst of unrest in our country. And I don't believe anyone in here is the, is the, the reason for the unrest that we are experiencing throughout our country. And not only that, we are in the midst of an election year. Now, many would say that we do have a part <laughs> uh, to play in that, in, in the situation that we're in, in the, in the controversy that's formed over this election year. And, 
And I would encourage you vote. And that's about as much as I'm going to encourage you with, with that. Uh, other than be able to live with your vote. Because you'll stand before God just as I will. By the way we cast our vote. So find out what's important to you. I know what's important to me. Honoring my Savior is important to me. When we look in, in this text, we will see that a true witness of Jesus Christ can never be defined by his or her circumstances. Instead, a true witness of Jesus Christ will be a witness that no matter what circumstance they find themselves in. In today's text, Paul helps us to see that his circumstances never determined who he was as a witness to Jesus Christ. Instead, he used whatever circumstance he found himself in um, as an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we look here, the Bible tells us in verses 12 through 18, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and will rejoice. This is God's holy word. Pray with us. God, as we come before you today, we come humbly, understanding, God, that we can't do this without you. We need you in the midst right now. God, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that you would anoint me from head to toe anew, and that, God, you would take these broken words of your servant and you would fix them in the hearts of each one that is listening today. God, we... We pray that your hand would be upon this local congregation. That God, when we leave here, we can be at peace and we can be at rest throughout this upcoming week. That all is well. And God, will give you praise for all that you do. We've done everything we know to do to make today possible. And today, God, we don't tempt you. We trust you to do the rest. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Our circumstances, they do tend to throw us from time to time. As a matter of fact, from time to time, we'll find that our circumstances may even defeat us in the moment that we're living in. However, genuineness or truth of our witness will be revealed by how we handle things that happen to us. We've said that happiness is determined by our circumstances, but joy is determined by our walk with the Lord. And that is so true. And how we 
Joy in the Lord is determined by the circumstances that we find ourselves in. In other words, we must be a witness of Jesus Christ in the midst of whatever the circumstances may be. Here we find in, in while on his second missionary journey, Paul arrives in the city of Philippi. There he realizes that there are not enough Jews for them to have a synagogue. So he establishes a church. And this church is made up primarily of Gentiles. The church is dear to Paul because of their generosity to him and their generosity to the gospel ministry. If you, wanna, if you want to show your appreciation to a, a true, genuine minister of the Lord, then show your appreciation in, in supporting the ministry. I'm, I'm not saying supporting the pastor. I'm not saying supporting the evangelist, that that's what reveals your true appreciation. Sometimes we'll do that out of obligation. But how we support the ministry of the gospel, it should be a testimony to any minister of an appreciation for the word of God. Here Paul is, is in love with this church because of their generosity. Not because he formed the church, but because they're following the precepts of the scriptures. Now at their recent gift that has been taken to Paul while he's in prison, Paul sends a letter to the church in Philippi. This letter. This is the letter that he has sent to them. He's not in Philippi as they receive this letter. He's in prison. But he sends this letter to them. And he sends it to encourage them. He sends this to, to thank them and to, to strengthen them in Christ. Now let's keep in mind, Paul is in a Roman dungeon. Well, he's in a Roman prison and he's demonstrating how to be a faithful witness of Jesus Christ in spite of his circumstances. So here in the text, what we see is the revelation of a true witness of Jesus Christ. The, the circumstances which Paul faced were not a result of his own doing. They were not a result of the, his own decisions. As a matter of fact, Paul's circumstances um, was that he was a prisoner waiting to appear before the Supreme Court of Rome. He was facing a trial before Nero, the Roman emperor, he, and he was an innocent man. He had done nothing to warn an arrest, much less to be facing some trial. Paul's facing trumped up charges from these Jewish prosecutors. And he's writing letters thanking the church in Philippi. He's writing letters to other churches while he's facing, standing before Nero, probably considered the most wicked man to ever rule Rome, and he knows he's going to have to stand before him with false accusations coming against him. Here, for two years, a prisoner Rome, with it hanging over Paul's head, that in fact he was waiting this trial to determine whether he lives or dies. He wasn't, he wasn't waiting for it to be determined how long he'd be in prison. He wasn't waiting to find out if he would be in prison for the rest of his life. But this was a matter of life and death for Paul. It's a tremendous weight to live under. When you're an innocent man and you're facing the death penalty. 
<laughs> we who are listening to this message have never faced such circumstances. This is a strenuous time for the Apostle Paul. However, what we won't find in the scriptures is where Paul is grumbling or where Paul is complaining. We won't find in the scriptures where, where Paul is questioning God about him being in prison. We don't find him falling to pieces and giving up on his faith. Instead, what we find is Paul is using the circumstances as dire as they were to spread the gospel. One writer said this, Paul did not see himself as a prisoner of Rome nor of Nero. He saw himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He did not see himself as a victim. He saw himself as a conqueror of Jesus Christ. And here, while in prison, bound to a Roman guard day and night for two years, Paul describes himself in Ephesians 6 and 20 as an ambassador in chains. It appears Paul didn't waste any time while in prison. Instead, he wrote four letters. Uh, his, he wrote four epistles to other churches or four letters to churches while in prison. He wrote to the church in Colossus. He wrote to Philemon. He wrote to Ephesus. And he wrote this letter. To, to the church in Philippi. He wrote this while there. So we don't hear him grumbling. We don't hear him complaining. There's no woe is me. There's no pity party going on. Instead, he's furthering the gospel. Here we find that right there in verse 12. But I want you to know, brethren, the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. It didn't matter where Paul was at. He just wanted the gospel to go forth. We can't forget prior to this time, Paul had been in prison when he was in Philippi. While in prison, he and Silas began praying and singing hymns to God. And suddenly there rose a earthquake, one that shook the foundation of the prison to where all the doors flew open. And once, once the guard realized that the doors were open, he wanted to kill himself because he knew he would be held accountable for missing uh, prisoners. He knew that he would have to face the death penalty. Instead of having, having the Romans kill him, he was going to take his own life. But Paul, we hear in Acts 16 and 28, Paul yell out to him and say, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Paul would go on that night. After being in prison, after being whipped, he'd go on that night leading this guard to the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. But not only that guard, he led that guard's entire family to the Lord. Paul did not have a pity party while in prison. Instead, he shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, <laughs> for us, while we haven't been in prison for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are facing uncharted territory. This is, this is a time that which none of us know anything about. We've been in the midst of this pandemic now for over six months and, and for some have become prisoners of their own homes. Many have transitioned to working from home. Others we, we find that our public school system has, is, is in the midst of transitioning and they are transitioning to virtual learning. And look at us today. This is the first Sunday back indoor worship for this church in six months. 
and look around. Look at how we're doing things much different than we did the last time. You remember the last time we were here? I remember it very well. We had a dinner. We were fellowshipping together right afterwards. But since then, we haven't been able to do that together. As a matter of fact, it's been difficult for pastors to try and minister to grieving families because of not being able to go to the homes, not being able to go to the hospitals, and, and, and trying to maneuver around whether we're having a funeral on the outside or whether we're having it in the funeral home. Things are different. This is uncharted territory for us. Look at the way we're doing things. We're spread apart. They're empty pews. You had to be tested with a thermometer. Your temperature had to be tested before you come in. And you're wearing masks. And you know what? I don't know how long this is going to last. I got a feeling we'll be next to each other and all the pews will be filled before the masks come off. And if that's the case, then that's the case. We have to deal with it because we've got to protect one another. We're spraying this building. We're disinfecting this building at least once a week. And we've been doing this for some time. But you know what? I would imagine there's been some complaining. I'm sure there's been some griping. I'm sure God has been questioned over these last several months. But you know, we're still sharing the gospel. I want us to know that that we haven't stopped sharing the gospel. We've been doing church, but we've been doing it differently. But we haven't stopped. And in the midst of this pandemic, because the gospel has been shared, people have come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Listen, through Facebook, our service on Easter Sunday, Miss Patricia Lewis in Charlotte, North Carolina, she she committed her life or surrendered her life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mr. A.J. Locklear, while at home, was led by his grandfather, Reverend Jerry McNeil, to the Lord. Uh, we, we, we know that I had the opportunity to, to lead Miss Aldra Chavis by phone to the Lord, and she surrendered her life to him. Just two weeks ago, I get a text from Nick Chavis that, that he, had, he had got tired of running and he had given his life over to the Lord. Folks, we've got a lot to praise God about no matter what situation's going on in this world. And that's just our story. That's just our story. There's a church right down the road from where I live. It seems like they should have to build a new building because their congregation must be doubled with all the rededications and all the new converts that they've received. The word of God still goes forth. We haven't stopped. Other churches haven't stopped. No matter what our circumstance has become. This is an indication that no matter what the circumstance we find ourselves in, we must continue spreading the gospel. Our Lord, our Savior, he was, he is, and he will forever be larger than any circumstance we find ourselves in. In Acts 28, 30, and 31, Paul describes his condition. He says he was imprisoned in a home in which he had rented for two years. And while there, he was allowed visitors, and being allowed visitors, 
He received them when, he, when they came. He didn't say, no, I don't feel like talking to anyone. He didn't say, no, I just, I just, I'm just tired of this. No, it, it didn't matter. He was chained to a guard and he was having to pay the rent on this home. It, those things didn't bother him. He wanted them to come in. He received them and he shared the gospel with them. And he taught them the things of the Lord and he did it with confidence. Oh, folks, we must... Share the gospel. Even if we have to share it from our own homes, we share the gospel. Oh, I want to thank you. (laughs) I want to thank you for what you've been doing. Folks, we've contributed to this. Oh, I don't know if you realize, but Reedy Branch, oh, (laughs) we haven't just sat down and done nothing. There's many folks who've been part of activity since we stopped worshiping inside the building. And because of the activity that many have been a part of, we're where we are today. God has blessed us. When we look in this passage, we don't only see the revelation of a genuine or a true witness, but we also see the revelation of self-seeking witnesses of Jesus Christ. Paul's circumstances may have been more dire than we realize. Here the apostle Paul's in prison. He's awaiting trial to be determined whether he would live or whether he would die. And yet he had to deal with some preachers. Some preachers in Rome who were envious of him. (laughs) You know, how can you be envious of a man locked up? Uh, Here's preachers who were envious of Paul. Paul speaks of these preachers as men that he must have known personally. He suggests that by calling them brethren, he's indicating that these were true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They weren't teaching a false doctrine. Instead, they were teaching the truth. However, they found themselves envious of Paul. But the good thing is, Paul lets us know they weren't the only ones. As a matter of fact, he shares that right there in verses 14 and 15. He said, and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. Paul said, there are some who were envious, but there are some who are not. There's some who were who were genuinely supportive. It appears that their message was true, but their motives were flawed. Paul said that said they preached Christ with selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to his chains. It appears these preachers, instead of supporting him, they were speaking out against him in hopes that he would have no credibility. However, not all preachers through Rome opposed Paul. Some were preaching Christ out of love and they were encouraging others to show their love and support to him. And I wonder how often would you think this takes place? Would you think that there are other churches who are going to criticize us today because we come indoors? 
But my question is, who have we criticized for going indoors? Now, now listen, there's a fine line between testing God and trusting God. And I think the only way we're not testing God is when we, when we do everything we can to make everyone safe. Then we're trusting God with the rest. But when we have the audacity to just walk in here and just say, well, God will take care of us, we're throwing out common sense. We're throwing out the hand of God, placing intelligence in our own minds. Folks, we got to do what God would have us to do, and then God will do what we can't do. Amen. Truthfully, how often this, this takes place is really hard to scale. I'm learning that I battle with this to a degree. I've had to be honest with myself in preparing this message. It's not that I'm opposing preachers and the work that God's doing through them. That's not what I'm battling. But often when listening to other preachers share about what God is doing for them and their church, then I have to, I feel like I have to share also what God's doing for me and for our church. And there's nothing wrong with, with bragging on God and God's work. And there's nothing wrong with giving God glory for what he's doing in our lives Unless it's been done through pride. When this pandemic really hit our area and our governor thought it was best to limit gatherings down to a maximum of 10. Many churches were in an uproar. And then all of a sudden I heard churches that were doing something odd. They were having their service outside. My honest initial reaction to this was they're doing this out of defiance government said you can't assemble and they're saying we'll show you we'll just go outside and assemble because the government's mandate was not to assemble in stores i i really genuinely looked at it as though it was just defiance to be honest i i don't know where it even come from but that is honestly what I thought. But in just a couple of weeks, I became so ashamed. I realized how great an opportunity it was for the church. People could ride by a church and actually see a congregation worshiping the Lord. In neighborhoods and in towns, people could sit on their front porch and they could hear gospel singing and the word of God preached. And a lot of times these were people who were never entering the doors of a church. And even... People were surrendering their lives to the Lord. I began to praise God for those who, who began to have church outside. Now, you can't convince me now that it wasn't of God and that it's not of God. Because since March, to my best recollection, it's only rained once on Sunday morning. And that time it didn't rain enough to stop any services. Folks, I'm going to tell you, God's been, we've had enough rain this year. If we didn't have no more rain through, this, through 2020, we've had enough. But we didn't have any that would deter service outside. Boy, that's got only by the hand of God. <laughs> we couldn't plan that. We couldn't make that happen. That's our God in control. 
Now, I'm still not sure it was the right thing for me to lead us to doing, especially when we were doing what we were doing and reaching who we were reaching because of the capabilities we had to do things virtually in spite of what limitations we were faced with. I, I think we've done a wonderful job in the way that we've done service. But I'm glad other churches found a way to be fruitful in continuing to be a witness for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For us, I'm glad we have men and women in our church who've played a big part in us being able to continue to share the gospel. We're not in competition with other local believers, but we are called to be faithful to who we are in the Lord. Paul said this in his second epistle in Timothy, or second epistle to Timothy. He declared in chapter 4, verses 2 through 5, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because we, they have itchy ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill the ministry. And we can take this to each and every one of us. This isn't just Paul speaking to preachers. It's Paul speaking to every born-again believer. Because can you imagine what would have happened if we would have just stopped sharing the gospel? Everyone would be wondering, what is it? What is there to truly believe? And there'd be people lost today who have actually been found. Amen. <laughs> we share the gospel we've ever experienced a time where it seemed that we're out of season Paul said in season and out of season declare the gospel folks 2020 this year has been out of season you, you, you know we, we, we had reached attendance heights January and February we enter into March and then we're having to start considering shutting down it's been an out of season time for us but the circumstances of this year cannot they have not and they will not keep us from sharing the gospel we can't allow them to keep us from being a true witness of Jesus Christ we must allow our circumstances to reveal that we are true witnesses not for us not for Reedy Branch, not even for this community, but for the glory of God. If we're going to share the gospel, we've got to share the truth of the gospel. And the truth of the gospel is God loved us as miserable as we were in the condition we were in so much that he sent his only begotten son to come to this sin-cursed world, to live a sinless life in complete obedience to him. And for that, they whipped him. They plucked the hair out of his face. They placed a crown of thorns on his head. And they nailed him to an old rugged cross. They suspended him between heaven and earth. 
And while on the cross, with his arms stretched wide, he said, it is finished. He had fulfilled the work of his father in providing a justifiable sacrifice for all sin. He gave his life for you and I. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. And while everyone went to their beds, while everyone felt that he was done away with, he was at work conquering death, hell, and the grave. Because on the third day, he arose under his own power. Yes. And he still lives today, standing at the right hand of the Father, ready to receive us unto himself. Oh, this gospel message, it must continue to go forth. And as it's went forth today, maybe there's someone here who doesn't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Oh, what a day. (laughs) What a day that you can receive Jesus. You can stop running. You can just surrender your life to him. And he'll be everything you need him to be. And this church will celebrate with you. We won't come up. We won't hug you. We won't kiss on you. We won't do all those things today. I'm praying there's a time when we can. <laughs> but we won't do it today. But we'll, we'll praise God. We'll clap. We'll, we can shout. We can lift holy hands to the Lord. If you'll come and give your life to him. Why not today? Why not today? As every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Why not today trust Jesus with your life and let him change your life for all eternity? Brother Brian's going to sing this song of invitation, but before he does, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, but you want to receive him as your Savior, would you pray with me? God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died for my sins. I believe he arose from the grave to give me victory. And God, I choose victory today. God, I I am a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I receive Jesus as my Savior. Thank you, God, for saving me. Now, God, I need you to lead me. Oh, thank you for your Holy Spirit who now lives within me. Help me now to follow. Help me now to glorify your name. Magnify the name of your Son. And to be a true witness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. While Brother Brian is singing this song, if you've prayed this prayer, and you believe you have been saved today, Would you come? Would you come and just share with me? You don't have to grab me. 
<laughs> but would you just come and share that you've received Jesus as your Savior? By the way, if you're listening on Facebook or YouTube to this service, you can let us know if it's you that's got saved today in the comments, in a, a message to the, to the page, or you can call us and let us know. As a matter of fact, 910-628-9117, there's somebody in the office. If you'll call and tell them that you just got saved, we'll rejoice with you. Would you today?